0: It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts and sometimes a guest discuss whatever they want regarding Utah and mostly stay on topic. It's the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Well, it's episode 249. I think I got that number right. I don't know. They all (laughs) melt together at this point of the New Utah Podcast. 249,
1: you are correct.
0: Um, And, um... You know, we're all in different places, except for Bree and I, because yeah, we live together. She has to go to bed next to me and wake up next to me, so. Uh, I force her to, actually. I put, a, I put a chain on the bed and, like, attach her to it, so she can't. That's not true. There's no chains in our bedroom. I have threatened anyway. to chain her up down here, though, in the studio, in the basement. But <laughs> if we did that, you guys wouldn't be able to come over, because no one can actually know. Uh, by the way, I was meaning to talk to you, Jeremy, about um, having you architect out a uh, sex dungeon for me. Oh yeah, in the like under the bathroom over there,
1: maybe. You could do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Let's just dig out some more space.
2: <laughs>
1: Bree does not look amused. Some yeah, hooks, um, some uh,
2: plenty of room for a nice chest. You get, you know, some leather game suits. Right, go all out. Make sure. Mm, sounds fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that uh, that voice you guys all hear is uh, Josh Cameron, who is uh, joining us again for the show. Um, he's, uh, hello. How many times you been on the show, Josh?
2: Um, what is this? Third, three or four. Third. I think time. this is three. three.
0: Three. Okay. He's been on the yeah. show a couple times.
2: Yeah, it's it's fun. I've always uh, I enjoy your your point of view. I enjoy your love of politics, right? And how you okay. can kind of tie everything back when 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 trying to.
0: Yeah, I, I usually try to tie everything back to, like,
1: <laughs> I've been That's listening That's Chris's to job. Where, the rest of us just drive the train off the cliff.
0: Right. Yeah, if I stop steering, if I get up to, like, go to the bathroom or let the dog out and stop steering, um, things
1: go to shit really fast around he here. He comes back, we're hanging off the chandeliers, breaking stuff.
0: I just come back, and then, like, I go to, I go to edit later, and it's just, like, Quiet. chunks of huge silence throughout the whole thing. I think the only thing I really bring to this podcast is I'm constantly talking like I don't actually I'm never quiet. <laughs>
2: Which is kind of what you want, right? Even if you don't have anything to say, you can at least pretend like you do. And then be like, oh, wow, this this Chris guy. Oh, I like it. I like
1: it. That's basically all I ever do is pretend. So that pretty much sums up our podcast. We just talk. I've
0: never talked about my nickname.
1: That's because that's before? what a podcast is.
0: Even if we don't know what we're talking about. It is really just talking at a, each other and people. <laughs> have I ever told you guys about the 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 trivia nickname that I have? I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the show.
1: Trivia nickname. I don't think so.
0: So uh, years ago at a, a former place of employment, uh, people that I work with started calling me Chris Clavin. So it's a reference to Cheers. Yeah. To Cliff. Cheers and Cliff, Cliff, Clavin. Cliff Clavin. And so yeah. trivia, that makes sense. A but was yours actually now. accurate? No, is it is. Of garbage? So the thing is, like, I don't know where I pick up all the stuff that I pick up, but I pick up lots the of shit. The bottom of your shoe. Yeah, pretty much. I pick up lots and lots of shit, and like just in casual conversation, you know, I have numbers and facts and things in the back of my head that are just they're just there, sure. and I'll just pull one out, and I say it with such authority that people just automatically believe it. I don't. Um, but most of the <laughs> time, I, I would say I have probably like an eighty-five percent success rate. Uh, so when people do challenge it, I'm like, no, 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 go look it up. And they look it up and they're like, how the fuck did you know that? And I can't honestly tell you how I know that. I just pick up random trivia facts.
1: I get. I remember it. I, I random like facts, too. but I can't remember people's names. Can't even remember my own kids' names sometimes. But that's I can what remember happens when that's you why hair. you have too many. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You got to write them down on your hand. Just get them tattooed on your palm. <laughs> So you don't L- have
2: to like do memento. Like, what was your name again? <laughs> what was I supposed to do with you with eighteen just hours ago?
0: Pick a pick a hand and go down each finger because you have four of them, and you can put That's Heather's right. name on like your thumb.
1: That's right.
0: So you're like Heather's wife first, Julia second, Maya. You just Third, do Hannah. what Sean
1: does and just call him kid one, two, three, four, and zero.
0: Yeah, yeah. Excuse that you. is one, something that two. happens. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, um, I don't know. I don't have anything important to talk about, really, uh, in my life (laughs) this last (laughs) week. It's been pretty nonchalant, to be honest with you. Um, Jeremy, I see that
1: you caught the rat. So we caught Chungus. You're sure. We've been trying to catch since last summer. The problem is, apparently, he's got a cousin that has followed him along because we discovered the cousin the other day. We caught Chungus, I want to say, Friday or Saturday.
2: How
1: do you and know he, he didn't catch the cousin or he the filled, uncle? He filled yeah. the whole trap. And now there's another one out there. It's a different color, so I know it's a different one, but.
2: <sighs> so this is like a bad episode of Did Tom you? and Jerry where, like, you know, Speedy kinda. Gonzalez's cousin, some random, obscure, right, esoteric, you know, character that's there for two episodes across yeah. three seasons, he just kind of showed up. Hey, what's up? The Lone
1: Ranger's cousin's horse.
0: I remember Speedy Gonzalez's cousin. <laughs> uh, every once in a while would show up.
2: Slowpoke, um, yeah, slow poke, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Chungus was probably that slow. So. Yeah, did just, you take sorry,
2: pictures? You did you take
0: pictures me. so that I could actually see this rat that looked like a ferret? No, I
1: should have. Yeah, you, you thought he was a squirrel last summer when you yeah,
0: saw Yeah, it was him. freaking huge when I saw him. And
1: that was like a, almost half a year ago.
0: The that thing, thing the is, he
1: goes, from, <clears throat> neighbor, he goes up and down the neighborhood, so he doesn't stay in one no, place for no. long. he went up and down well, the we neighborhood. We caught him. Finally. <laughs> past tense, term.
0: Past tense. <laughs> he is no more did you feed him to one of the dogs or the chickens the chickens were right, him on the, the
3: fire
1: it was almost as big as the wieners. did you did you spit roast him and then eat him? <laughs> no, I put him in the du- in the dumpster that's probably like a better
0: rat bolo's a bitch, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a big fucking
1: rat though how How much do you think he weighed truthfully two or three pounds? For a, big a rat fucking. that's massive. That's really big. It's like
3: a New York City rat.
1: Because yeah. my live trap that I have, it filled the whole thing. Well, I don't know
0: I don't know if you realize this about Jeremy's yard, but it's like a smorgasbord. There's no reason. A smorgasbord.
1: Like, a smorgasbord yeah, smorgasbord.
0: there's everything. He's got free chicken feed. He was putting out all kinds of free food on rat traps.
3: <laughs> it's like there's, like, <laughs>
0: there's 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 fucking boxes full of garbage for rats to eat out in the garden. That's just Jeremy's house. That's not everyone else's. I mean, you're lucky that they didn't start eating chicken eggs.
2: Well, and yeah, right. I mean, with the dystopia of the uh, housing crisis and renting crisis, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see people just throwing plywood out on their front yard, just lifting it up to catch the mice. Have their kids out there like clubbing them, and then instead <laughs> of people going out to like poison the voles out in like daybreak, they'll capture them for food, and like yeah, and then, the, you'll 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 have some sort of like kick up stands of uh, yeah street rifted, vole tacos. You hey, don't want a vole mold. taco. And, and, I'm, there's gonna be a whole market. Like, I mean, people I have stayed. to adapt to survive, and this is the the desperate like gasoline wars that we'll be heading into, right? It may not be the Thunderdome, but it'll certainly be some some sort of uh, rendition of Mad Max.
0: This went off the fucking deep end really fast.
2: Uh, you know, it's just that's a rats uh, fucking oh, dystopian U.S. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but like you know, as far as bringing it all back, right? Bringing it all back. So the rats provide. Uh, vital nutrients to an, an impoverished uh, American that um, for, that for the the small low price of six dollars a day that you could uh, provide food for a nice poor American. Well,
1: right? so you're not <laughs> Susan. Summers, <laughs> too. You it's can't
2: a good marketing know. campaign. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean that's basically what it amounts to, right? Or at least it did when, when we first we got the first set of checks. Right, it took uh it took our federal government <clears throat> about the amount of time that it takes to sneeze to give the largest upward transfer of wealth in the nation's history, about six trillion dollars to the richest people in history. And then they're like, you know what, Jessica, hmm, Jeremy, Brenda, Chris, uh, you know what, maybe six dollars a day. How's that? Six dollars a day? Is that cool? <laughs> and and then they'll kind of hedge you a little bit, and then they'll talk about how, hey, if we get these senators and you'll get two thousand dollar checks, and then they'll be like, well, how about $1,400 checks? That's the same thing, right? 2014, right? Math, like, I, I, I haven't done college math in a while, but can, can anyone tell me? Has anyone done college math in a while? Is two thousand fourteen hundred? I, I don't know if that – and so we live – We, I mean, we're already living in this gaslighting, like, weird dystopia anyway, where being gaslighted is the new normal. So, like, the, the idea of, like, we're in gasoline wars, and, like, I went off the deep end with, like I, – I I don't think I, I even described simply how weird, like, the times are nowadays, right? They
0: are they are interesting. I've uh, got Republicans down south worshipping a golden
2: Trump. That statue, yeah, that, was, was that statue was the. It was like on a skateboard thing. or like a dolly or something. It, it looked like, like it was like he looked like a dentist, the in
0: like American like yeah. flag shorts with a fucking magic wand.
2: <laughs> you you know what? I I couldn't help but uh. It looked like a golden movie. I couldn't help. It looked like a golden movie. It's well, just and, like, it, what and, a, and to I was me, waiting for Buddy Christ to pop out too, right? To hey. me, it looked right. like it yeah.
0: was actually like created as a as a satirical joke by the artists, but they were like totally in on this thing, like at, at CPAC, and it it really did. When I looked at it, I was like, "This is like a fucking satirical <laughs> joke." Well, like, well what, what a sad
2: state of affairs like. at the um, CPAC, right, the uh, hosting it. They, they had to actually have a disclaimer saying that they don't actually um agree with the views of the people speaking and like really it's like what a joke right that that this is what the republican party has come to just it's, a bunch it's of carnival barkers where like, that
0: the people in the first place.
2: Them up. yeah i mean you're right you you're certainly right but um yeah oh look at buddy christ i love it
0: by right. the way brie brie uh watched that with me the other day we watched dogma uh there love- are how
3: <laughs> did you find it
0: for those of you wanting to watch dogma, cause we've had this discussion, it's impossible to find a stream and DVDs are quite pricey though. I might invest, <laughs> um, YouTube. So this is the best thing. So, uh, in YouTube, um, in fact, let me just, I'll pull it up and I won't play it. Um, cause you know, it's weird. Um, but I want you guys to, I, I got to read to you, um, what, what they said on YouTube. Um, but I was like looking for it and I'm like, Oh, dogma full movie, real deal. And so I click on it and we watched it uh, there. Um, so, uh, so it was posted by Russian uh-huh. <laughs> so That's
1: legit, right there. That's and there's actually quite up.
0: a few versions of it up there, but I'm like, Oh, I'm going to look at the comments. The very first comment, where the fuck is it? Um,
3: I thought it was the first one. Uh,
0: it was the very first and now it's not the first anymore. So, um, but it was, like, uh, an official, like, YouTube uh, YouTube help or something account that said, I'm just going to forget I saw this. <laughs> 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 That's, That's, <awesome>. this <laughs> That's so,
3: true respect right there.
0: Yeah, wow. fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. This is why we can't see this movie <laughs> is because you own the rights to it. No one wants to fucking give you any money.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I but hope. you know what, though? Chris, uh, How how could we have known? Right? How how could we have known that this pervert who got all this money, who like made all this money by being this perverted, lecherous, you know, guy who everyone knew about that who Courtney Love in the nineties said that uh, if Harvey Weinstein, uh, if Harvey Weinstein invites you into his hotel room, don't go. Right. This was, this was as open of a secret as, uh, what's his 14. name from NBC? Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, people were roasting these and just like open jokes. And then now they're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm part of the Me Too movement. And then, you know, Harvey Weinstein is, is best friends with Oprah who. Who's you know what two doctors that she peddles or has uh, brought to to power you know Doctor Oz and uh, um, Doctor Phil just talking just talking about how a vaccine is not possible or it is possible or a vaccine is going to kill you or it's not just talking about all sorts of craziness uh, all all over Fox News and this is what this is what Oprah is and Oprah is now like in this overlapping like 100 overlapping Venn diagram with George W Bush and Ellen DeGeneres like what Like we're like, again, like the bizarro land, right? And I'm here to like, I feel like I need to be a Paul Revere and just talk about like, look, we're in the bizarro land. And like everyone is like, I'm, I'm rowdy, Roddy Piper. And I'm on, um, you know, uh, what's that? What was that movie, right? Uh, Among Us, or like they, uh, where you put on the glasses and you see like the the dead faces and you see the money and it says this is your God and it shows all the subliminal messaging and there's these aliens that basically have no skin and so you put on these glasses and you can see them and he's trying to get his buddy like his friend is like bro put on these glasses like like and his buddy's just so enamored in the system that he's fighting in tooth and nail and they go all WWE right I mean he's right right a piper why not and so they go <laughs> nuts so they're suplexing each other in the street you're, like put on my glasses and so and, and like people just go out of their way and will will do that exact fight in order to make sure um that they don't see any semblance of anything outside of their, like, immediate perspective, and it's super sad. But it was a John Carpenter movie, I remember that, but like, yeah, I, I can't remember the exact name. Uh, Slavoj Zizek, the philosopher, he uh, he critiques it, right? So this is another another reason why I really like it.
0: Hey, uh, uh, speaking of things that um, are obscure, Jess, what about Real Hallows Wives of Salt Lake City? Is there an update?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's done. <laughs> it's done the last week was the um
0: for this season right
3: yeah so it was it was a three-part reunion and it was pretty intense <laughs> but um any cat well, fights
0: no grandpa oh, yeah fucking?
3: no but all of the husbands did come on the third uh installment
0: did, and did mary's husband have a walker
3: no, but Chris, I have news for you. Mary admitted that it wasn't in the will. Uh, of course it wasn't. It's just and fucked And we they like, what just happened? <laughs> Anyways, so it has been renewed for a second season, and I believe that they, I think they've already started filming. Um, so I think, was-
0: I think you need to send in a fan request and that their, their group trip be a renewal of vows for Mary and her husband. <laughs> <laughs> <Totally
3: should. laughs> we can tweet listen a, a couple of them are like pretty responsive on social media but that's actually something that i kind of want to touch base on like i get that these women put themselves out there but the people that comment on twitter are mean and hateful and like when the show started the they were way more active on social media than they were like towards the end and I just, I don't understand the psychology so, behind it, getting online and like berating people that you don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to is me. Is
0: this, is this like the first time that you've recognized that happens? Cause it's literally every time.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I know. Happen. I know that it, I uh, know, I know that it does. No, this is not a first thing, but because we're talking about the show and
2: because they're real people. Yeah. But, but I mean, are they? Are, I, mean, yes, they? They I mean, are they? I mean, I get that they're oh, real people sure. are acting, but like they're no, selling they themselves. They're, they've, they're, they've marketed themselves as a product, right? And like, okay, if you go to the grocery store and have like a dinged-up product, you're gonna be like, I don't want that. Like, and so if they're selling themselves, like, of course you're gonna go out there and say, like, why would I get that dinged-up product? Like, what? And then you poke, so, and so uh, I, I sure have no, are cheap yeah.
3: I don't I, know. You, you probably haven't listened for the past couple months, but uh. instead of focusing on the gossip of the show, which it's super easy to do, and there are plenty of podcasts that do that. For sure. We have really been trying to focus on these women who are local Utah business owners in our in our community who okay, are providing jobs, no, who like you know have families who are supporting families, you know, by employing people, and also the businesses that they've been visiting throughout the show, sure. and so. Um,
2: so that's that's a fair perspective. Okay. Yeah, <laughs>
3: like I, I mean, it's it's about as local as it gets. And you go into the show, and you're like, nah, we all know how the housewives franchises are. Right. And having watched past ones, I
0: I wouldn't feel, say we all know how the housewives franchise. <laughs> <are>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah,
3: yeah listeners, I, listeners, I, I'm yeah, sure I'm there are listeners that know what the housewife yeah. franchises are like. Whether you've seen it in the news, in your social media, like this is like the thirteenth. Addition, I think or something like that. And I feel that these women are more relatable than we wanted them to be for our community. So, um, yeah,
0: I mean, that is true. There are a lot of women that are married to men that are way too old for them in Utah. <laughs> I mean, typically it's polygamous, but it could Listen, be your grandfather. I get
3: that Mary's your jam, <laughs> but there are also other women. I don't know show. that she is. It's just like
0: so Fucked up. It's completely fucked. Like I, 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 I do not understand it. Did I, you, he,
1: he has been her grandfather since she was little. I
0: know. That's what's really when we we discussed this a, co- a couple of weeks ago, and when I Talk found about- that out, that was even more fucked up to me. It wasn't like Grandma had been dating, you know, was was with Grandpa, step Grandpa, for five years, and then she kicked the bucket and they got married. No, like like grandpa was years. grandpa when she was like 8
2: <laughs> but like if you if you like internalize this idea that this is divine inspiration that it's divinely bestowed upon you to like this right to go and, like, make whoopee with your eight-year-old, you know, granddaughter, now 14, or, or whatever that is, right? Then, like, are you really going to have much room for any sort of, like, moral quandary there? You know what we fucking do with those kind of people? We put them in jail. Uh, no, actually, it's we apparently up. use them to compromise, like, state assets, and uh, we give them entire islands and Pato Castle, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> and that's what we do.
0: Yeah. You know, the CIA has its
2: ways, man. <laughs> I know. It's, man. Yeah, um, I mean, and just, look, you know Harvey Weinstein, right? I can't imagine that he's not touching little girls. I know that, like he—he's touching—he's touching low-hanging fruit. No, Anyone he can that he touch can he's not but doing himself. anything
3: right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> only
2: ever
0: touching himself and apparently plants and things. Like, I know,
3: true. Right? I still like that that
0: whole thing with, with Weinstein and like Louis C. K. got kinda in trouble for that and
1: kind uh,
2: of. But like well, Louis C. Like K. was kinda... like making jokes. He was making jokes in stand up about like about this. Like uh and so like he really made light of it until he was caught. So it was it's really interesting to see.
0: I don't think so. Here here's the difference. I don't and, and and maybe I don't know the full Louis C. K. story, but Louis C. K. did that kind of shit, but Louis C. K. wasn't doing that kind of shit like Oh, I'll get you a job. It was just like creepy fucking dude. Like, yeah. hey, watch me jerk off, even right. though it's uncomfortable for you. You can leave. There's the door. I'm just going to do this right here. Fucking Weinstein was like, if you don't sit here and watch I'm me jerk off into a job. plant, you don't get a job and I'll ruin your career. Right. And, and, and so you have the kind of power to
2: do that. Uh, and I certainly don't want to come out as some sort of apologist for like just, just like, hey, here's here. I'm just going to whip this out and jerk here and you can like see the door. But like at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, if you don't want to take yourself too seriously, you know, there's a comedian I like, uh, Tim Dillon, who says, you know, if, um, if you're making good comedy. Uh, right, Um, is it funny with the sound off? And if you're talking somebody through, like, this skit, like, this guy just walks up and, like, whips it out and just starts jerking and, like, eh, kind of shrugs like, there's the door, right? I mean, that's, I could see that kind of humorous, but, like, ruining somebody's career where they'll be blacklisted unless, like, you touch their no-no button, right? That's, that like, that's the, to, to the core, right. That's pretty gross. And, and so th- there's not much humor there. And so again, I don't want to necessarily come out as some sort of Louis, Louis CK apologist, but like, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at least there's not like a, a clear depravity of like human values.
0: You know, you hey, know, one so... thing. Oh, oh
3: no, nope, it's okay. I
0: was gonna say, you know, one thing about the, the, the me too movement in general, um, Uh, you saw like you saw a lot of power coming out right at first right with Weinstein and Louis CK and a few others and then you had some people like um who's the Indian guy uh what's his fucking name I can't think of the
2: conservative guy
0: no no uh it's not Asif Manvi um I don't fucking remember. Um, what the fuck is his name? But like some girl came out and accused him of the same thing. He's like, no, that's not, not what fucking happened. Uh, and he ended up like kind of disappearing for like six months and then came back and everyone was pretty supportive of him. Like, nah, she's full of shit. Like, that's not the same kind of deal. Uh, oh, and
2: that's I, right. I, I did hear something.
1: I can't remember what his fucking name is. Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that guy's name. Yeah. Like. yeah I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. I have to look it up. Um but <laughs> I, I, I noticed
0: that a lot um with with me too is is a lot of that stuff. Uh, no, it wasn't Tom Haverford, it was someone else. Tom, ha- uh, was Tom Haverford the 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 Yeah, I think that that's the that's his name, but that's not uh, uh maybe that's the character name who the fuck played him.
3: Aziz, it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Like Tom Haverford is the fucking character name.
3: Aziz, um, Aziz. and Zuri, yeah, yeah, that's right. Aziz
0: is the guy that that happened to. That's right. But my my point is, I I think there was uh, and maybe it's just because guys run everything, but there was a lot, uh, a lot smaller response in terms of like after that initial push of a little bit. Maybe it had something to do with the president that grabs people by the pussy and like that yeah. was just fine. Um, But it kind of the the movement in a a large sense died down and it wasn't just like everyone being crucified for for every little thing that maybe wasn't really a thing. Um, But there is something and I I still maintain this through the whole thing. There's something to be said about, you know, you've got to trust the woman. You know, you can't. Like, there's there's a fine line between innocent and, until proven guilty in this country, which really doesn't fucking exist. And 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 um, you know, trusting and protecting a victim, uh, um, and and really investigating and making sure that that person is safe, uh, and that things aren't happening to other people. Um, but you know, I I think for the most part, you you have to give women a, a space where they can. Feel comfortable coming out and saying those things because it's it's fucking staggering behind closed doors when you ask people you know in a survey fashion it's anonymous, how many women are sexually molested, are victims of sexual crimes it's It's absolutely absurd.
2: I mean Basically, like I, I certainly think it's worth to, like we need to give space to to think that uh somebody wouldn't come out and make such a you know a grand um Uh, accusation that has such gravitas behind it, unless it were unless we were real. So I think that we should trust that they that they understand the gravity of the situation. Um, But the idea of believe all women, like it's exactly how they said, like, that's just absurd. And that's just like this crayon drawing and like this picture that Democrats really ran with was like, believe all women. But except for when it's Sarah Palin or like Michelle Bachman or like what about this? Uh, who's this lady from Georgia? The uh, why, why can't I think of her name? Um, the one the QAnon um, and so like you know they're not gonna Marjorie Taylor Greene right? Mm-hmm. And so like wh- what about believe all women there right? Are we gonna believe all women when they? And so, so it's just I, I certainly agree 100% that if somebody says hey. I was raped. That we need to trust that they again understand the gravity of the accusation, and we should uh, fully uh, vet um, the idea that that other person is automatically guilty because we believe all women. Just again, is it flies in the face of the justice system that right? We like you're you're innocent until proven guilty. So um, there's a lot of cultural backlash and like the culture wars, which I think is where um, Trump really won. Right. Like people, people made such a huge deal over that, you know, grab them by, you know, grab them by the, the P word, if you will, try to watch my language. Um, and, uh, and and the thing is, is uh, um, there's people are like starving, right? That about ready to get like, kicked out of their house, right? They're working two jobs. Um, and like the, what Democrats are worried about is like, like words, Right, right. Uh, Trump at the time was actually uh, running left of Hillary Clinton. Right, he he said, let's not touch Social Security. Um, He he said, let's get it out, out of these uh, endless wars. Right, and this isn't something that Hillary Clinton was doing. In fact, uh, even when Bernie Sanders was like, hey, $15 minimum wage. Right, Trump really uh, started talking a big game on populist rhetoric about like, you know, the working class really really are owed something, and Hillary Clinton really gritted her teeth and said. Aah! How about $12? Right? Because, like, I get $15. It's kind of, like, barely scraping by. But I really don't want you to scrape. I want you to starve. Right? And then that brings us to, like, Mitt Romney. Like, uh, you know, have you been following Mitt Romney's UBI that he's proposed? His FDA. How do we go from Real
3: Housewives
2: to this? (laughs) Because it's just who I am. It's who I am.
0: It's who I am. Josh just wants to talk about
3: I know.
2: I know right well and it like the thing is is like um so I have been in this weird space I've been really focusing I've been trying to learn Spanish um, and I, I'm not the best at it by any means but I'm trying to teach myself through uh, Spanish with Paul if anyone's done that uh, online course uh, um, I'm also um, um, I have a master class subscription and I did uh, uh Doris Kearns Goodwins and she really went through in depth of like the um, the Roosevelts, both Teddy and Franklin, uh, Lincoln, and so like the roots of what Mitt Romney is doing, ironically, is outflanking the Democrats from the left of basically saying, hey, no more this this dumb welfare program where if you make like a dollar more extra a year, then you're all you you lose out all the benefits. So you make a dollar extra a year and you lose eleven hundred dollars in benefits, right? And it's just like straight up, like here's it, like, I think the numbers I got um if I'm not mistaken. Where something on the order of, um, if you have a kid under five, you get 350 bucks a month. Uh, kid under sev- seventeen, 250 bucks a month. Maxing out at 1200 a month for a family. Um, also 1400 for a kid on the way and money for like baby supplies. Like, like how 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 is that in any way uh, objectionable? And um, that FDR style policy, right? This very New Deal style policy is very in root with uh, American values, right? You talked about, you know, your big thing here with the housewives is about showing the, the business values, right? We, we really focus on entrepreneurs. They, they're these magical creatures that put everything on the line, but like, what about the working class and the business class, right? The guys who have to put the nine to five and then maybe turn around and have a, a hustle on the side just to be able to put food on the table for their families, right? If they get laid off, right? That doesn't mean that their mortgage is suspended. Right. There's a moratorium on all their bills. No, they still have to keep up on their bills. Otherwise they're out on the streets. And so, you know, we have all this uh, rhetoric about how bootstraps, bootstraps, you know, don't ask uh, your country what it can do for you. Ask, you know, what you can do for your country. And we've done that right if you're a taxpayer, you pay for other kids to go to school, you pay for roads you you help the infrastructure so people can can continue uh being involved in the economy but like w- what has the government done for us? they gave the the largest upward transfer of wealth in human history at the federal level um and uh basically again for six dollars a day, you too can uh can sponsor a poor american and it's just so sad that we um that we've lost rule of view of um, of what it is to be a patriot, right? Every, every uh, Republican in the house voted against the 1.9 trillion stimulus deal, even though 60% of Republicans uh, actually support it. And so like there's a real schism, there's a real schism in in, in the politician and the voter. Anyway, it looks like you're trying to say something.
0: Sorry. It's okay. I was actually gonna, gonna come back to some housekeeping business. Um, you know oh. our our friend J C Carter that we had on the show. Um, oh yes. Know, it was a while ago last time we had him on the show.
1: Couple, um, but well, we talked about three, three months ago ish. He's yeah. comic, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about and Nun.
0: Nun, and yeah. he is in the middle of trying to kickstart the second edition. Uh, he's uh, about halfway through his goal; he's got about ten days to go, um, and so he needs you know he needs some more backers so that he can pay his artists. Uh, it'll actually help fund this one and art for. The next issue. Um, so there's, you know, there's a bunch of different pledge options out on Kickstarter, but uh, the Shaolin Nun number two uh, is uh, is out there, and so then you'll be able to get uh, uh, issue one and issue two and really help fuel issue three. It's a pretty good comic. If you go out to the Kickstarter, you can see a lot of the the panels and stuff that from it.
1: Starts as little as a dollar, and it goes up to well, really whatever you want to give, but he has up to a thousand dollar level. Uh, but yeah, he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, he's also part of the Left Show and yep. what is it? The Totally Awesome Comic Book Show—is that what they call it now? No, World's Something Greatest Something Like That. World's Greatest. Uh, yeah. greatest. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, and for for <laughs> five
0: bucks you can get the second edition. For ten bucks you can get the first and second uh, in a PDF format. For fifteen you can get uh, a poster and and uh, the digital edition. Um, and I think it uh, you get printed stuff starting at uh, like 30 bucks I think, is when you start getting the printed copies.
1: I wow. some Sarah awesome McLachlan it... playing in the background. What? had <laughs> some Sarah McLachlan for only $5 a day, right? Yeah, I mean, really, like – and I, I think he <laughs> –
0: when he sent us this to, to talk about because we told him we would when he was putting it up there, uh, he was actually talking a little bit about, uh, you know, if he could just get – um uh like a, a a number of people at, at 10 dollars i think a thousand donors at 10 dollars she's going to cover uh enough cost to to be able to do a couple more issues and that's just really he's not looking for you know a massive uh, a, amount of, of money or donations uh,
1: he's even if he just, just looking to cover it cuz this is his passion project right. so he's helped with other comic books other projects that i've personally been involved in i've worked with him on and this is his own personal something that he's just always wanted to do. So it's it's really cool to see him putting this together. And yeah, like Chris said, he's not really like doing this to make money. He just wants to get his project out.
2: Well, well more than that. Like this guy is also like connected to uh, the nerd store, right? Part of that is the uh-huh. live show with Jeff Bell, and the nerd store puts on what's called the Wasatch Comic-Con. And so Wasatch Comic-Con instead of it being like the San Diego Comic-Con, it's like, "Hey, there's Chris, there's Chris Hemsworth. Let me pay $500 to get like a signature and like a <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you? Right. Uh, it's it's like, hey, here's here's like the anchor for like the latest Deadpool. Right. Here, here's actually the, the artists. Right. Here's the working class people. Again, some of the things that you guys really like to highlight on like the the real housewives. Right. Here, here are the real working class heroes that bring these things to light. Right? And, uh, um, you know, Carter's a, a big part of that as, as far as like peripheral involvement. And so like that's freaking neat. Right. And supporting local people that so that that like bring these joyous things to light is, is actually pretty rad. And it's one of the best things that you can actually do for your uh, uh dem- for your like immediate like geographic dem you know demographic is uh is buy stuff locally so then um you you can actually uh, get or, uh, retain the, the taxes you can help like some ki- some like you know kids dad like pay um student loans or like pay off a car or like pay off their, like their car loan or like help pay off like their mortgage rather than help some some husband of a housewife you know pay for like their fourth Bentley or. something. <laughs> something right just this absurd you know this uh, absurd nonsensical thing when we have so many people just struggling to, to scrape by and i think that's freaking honorable like here's this guy coming up with like magicking up this comic that's freaking rad right yeah, and then cool. like, again just being a big part of that that working class yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big working class champion
0: weird had no idea Joe. i know right
2: <laughs> i know
0: uh i think for the for the rest of the show we we really want to talk about uh you know we're we're right at the end of the legislative session, uh, for 2021 here in the state of Utah. Uh, and we typically do sort of a, a breakdown on some of the key legislation that's out there. Um, and, and again, the, the, the best resource if you want to go check out what bills are actually, uh, going on is just le.utah.gov and they have all sorts of, of tools there to find uh, bills in 2021, um, what stuff is is being amended, if it's being passed, if it's stuck in committee, all those sorts of things. Uh, but there's some a handful of bills that we kind of wanted to go through uh, and talk about a little bit, some key bills uh, that are out there. Um, there's actually a, a couple of them um, tied to some, some pretty key issues. Uh, one of them is... Uh, uh updating some some uh criminal reform for domestic violence. Um yeah. it uh modifies circumstances. It's uh Senate Bill 64 from uh um, I can't ever say her name. It's uh Senator uh John, Iwamoto, I Johnny, think is how you say yeah. it. I don't know. Um, but basically, you know, all the evidence in Utah shows that and it's not just Utah, let's be honest, the domestic violence is pretty cyclical. It escalates uh over time, and so this bill modifies uh, the circumstances where you can start to enhance penalties for domestic violence offenses. So kind of gives the the state some ability to uh, become a little bit more severe in penalties. Honestly, uh, I'm not a big penalty-driven kind of guy. Uh, I don't think penalties deter the behavior. Uh, I think that they just are uh, the enforcement for the bad behavior. But I think once you have a domestic abuser, um, they're they're always going to be a domestic abuser, and they they probably aren't good for society to be out running around.
2: I I agree, but I think the penalty is what wins votes, right? <laughs> And like to to like grab your crotch and say, look how look how strong I'm being to all these mean guys, right? I'm not actually I'm not solving any problems. I'm always coming after the fact. I'm not like addressing any material conditions that have everyone on the edge to where they snap and they're they're punching at each other in the face, right? Not actually trying to help the human condition. I'm just policing up after the fact that how dare you snap? That you're working three jobs, can barely eat, and then somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're so fried and so on edge for you can barely sleep that you just freak out. Right. How dare you? What a, what, a, what a garbage person you are. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Waite in the House, yeah. has House Bill 212, uh, yeah. which is a homeless homeless youth protection amendment um, that uh, is trying to uh, up, update provisions tied to shelter and care and, and stuff for homeless youth in the state of Utah. It's a, You know, it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem here. Homelessness, um, not just in the adult population, but in particular in the in the youth population. Um, it is a big deal, especially in the LGBTQ communities. Um, you know, it's not a very loving state often whenever you come out uh, as being non-heteronormative. Uh, and so uh, there's there's a pretty big homeless population, especially in the U. So this kind of sets up some uh, uh capability for younger people to get the services they need, you know, places to sleep, clothing, food, hygiene, those sorts of things.
2: The One strangest t- thing is oh, – oh, go ahead. ahead. No, no, oh,
1: I, I was about. gonna say one of my favorite new ones is that new license plate. Did you see that? The new dark sky license plate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty it pretty it cool.
3: It 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 it's didn't it go for.
1: Yes, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
3: they they said that it was too. It would be too hard to the so like the design that they had would have been too hard to see by. Um, yeah, Super. it's hard to read because it's oh. like blue.
0: It's dark blue on lighter blue. That makes uh, sense so they they could come up with a new design um and and probably get something passed i mean utah has 21 dark sky places through that throughout the state so yeah. um that's a that's a big deal um but uh, yeah you got to have the plate be readable and yeah, all of c- those plates, c- custom plates are are charitable organizations that are behind all
2: of those
1: so I mean, well, to the lines uh, uh, on the road in the snow. Why should we be able to see the license
2: <laughs> plate? You know what? Matter. That's a solid point, right? <laughs> like, why should you see that I'm following rules that I have no ability to comply with, right? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Like we we have no we we have no um, like desire to repaint with any sort of reflective you know paint, uh, and it's so ridiculous. But I wanted to come back to the, the homeless bill. What's so interesting is that homelessness is such a joke in Utah. We have so much data to show how ch- how much cheaper it is to actually house. homeless, uh, um, uh, put people in houses, have programs to actually, uh, transition people into housing. Um, and yet like we, we, uh, the only thing that we can get are these peanuts thrown to, to the peasants and the serfs. They're like, well, how about a a homeless shelter that nobody really wants to go to unless they absolutely have to, because like, you're not really safe there. Yeah. You might be safe from like the the, the monster at the house, but what happens if you're there? You can't really lock up your stuff right some people can rummage through your stuff if there's covid right people you can't really how are you going to protect your kids from from like these open spaces and like you know there's such we have all this data to show real meaningful ways to tackle this and actually save taxpayer money in the process but um we are run by people who are conservative in like shareholders only conserve the shareholder profit not conserve like the human values that drive really the the, the impetus for really mormon doctrine right i mean there's so much wonderful um uh ideas without like the ward system like my house burned down when i was two right we we lost we lost so much stuff and end up gaining more stuff than we lost because the freaking ward circled the wagons right so these people who are already barely scraping by then give up what little they have in order to like prop us up who are are our house burned down and we we like treat this as like this hero story which i guess in a way it is rather than like hey the government should have like come and said hey like you're now not active players in in the economy. We we're going to give you a hand up so you can start getting you know making your your part healthy again. Like we need you to be a healthy player in the economy in order for this to be good and for you to be removed. Like we're noticing that and so you know we really need to have this patriotic hand up way of looking. And uh, I I love the way that the that the ward system does it on their own, but I would love to see it in a um, in a proposed like policy legislation.
3: So what I have a question for you guys. What happens if the resources are there and they're not being used? And I'm going to give this example. Um, I am aware of a property management company that has um, three apartments they've contracted with Road Home, and one of those apartments has been empty for four to five months, and the Road Home has not been in contact with the property management company because their turnover is so high, and it's hard to get in contact with anybody.
0: The turnover at the property management company?
3: Nope, the tunnel
2: oh, at the, the road, road home. home. Oh. oh wow. That's rough. Um, I don't know. Uh is there I know the the mayor has like an outreach program for somebody who's supposed to be over these types of things. And that might the mayor's office might actually be like the best step to figure out who would be best to address that. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. That's um yeah. But that's... Just,
3: like how many how many of these were if this is On that small of a level, like how
2: How much
3: is not.
0: Yeah, I mean, people forget the road home is not a state run organization. It's a 501 C three. Right. It's it's a non-profit organization. They get some funding from the state, but they are not a state run organization. And so it's not like it's a cushy government job to help fight homelessness. The government doesn't really want to touch the damn thing. If they can get money to other organizations to do it, they will. And that's kind of what's gone on with the road home and with all the different homeless shelters that have been built. The states help pay for those. And the county in particular in Salt Lake County has helped pay for those. But at the end of the day, they're not run by the county government. They're run by an independent organization that's a 501c3. And, you know, if they don't have enough funding to pay staff to stay there or support to keep staff there, you know, it's it's it, it comes back to being able to support them in a way that allows them to, to keep staff.
2: But, but, well, I mean, but again, that's just like the, that's the American way. It's like, you know, how, how dare we rob these shareholders, these massive profiteers, you know, worth billions? Uh, how dare we rob them of, of this a small pittance that can actually help take care of, uh, of like a homeless situation? Rather, we just want to go ahead and have a charity that's propped up by poor people but giving money that they can barely afford in order to have this poorly run organization because it's run on a shoestring budget. That's, yeah, that, the American. American. American exceptionalism, you know, perfect, you know, encapsulation.
0: And I mean, that's the way it is in most places. There's not a whole lot of states that the state actually runs those kind of facilities themselves. Uh, And so, I mean, it's it sucks, but that's what happens in a non-socialist economy. Like we're not we're not a socialist nation. Um, You know, we try to. Act like we take care of our old people and our and our homeless and our sick, but we really don't. That's just not you know that's not capitalism. That's not how capitalism works. So,
2: well, at least not in the American form, right? You know, we hear a lot of people from like like Charlie Kirk from you know Turning Point USA talk about how capitalism has raised more people out of poverty than in modern history, and certainly he's right. the The inconvenient fact that he lets out that he uh, uh, leaves out is the fact that it's actually Chinese. It's communist capitalism because capitalism works. Very wonderfully hand in glove with communism. And most people say, well, no, that's not, that's not, that's not capitalism. That's com- communism. Well, what they fail to understand is that capitalism is a form of market, right? Where uh, communism is a form of government. And so that there's an intertwining of the two that works wonderfully, right? Capitalism has no problem with communism at all. And in fact, again, uh, they're most successful in uh, raising the more people out of poverty than modern history. And so, like, where's the room? Like, do I want a communist nation? No, not really. I, I do really like American freedoms. But we have a lot of man children who live in this country who think that freedom means that they can do whatever they want. That uh, you know, and I've got a perfect, I've got a perfect uh, you know, story for that when we when we have time for it. I don't want to derail everything, but like just like just an in, in acute um, uh, microcosm of just basically what we saw on January 6th, a bunch of people who effectively felt like they should be able to act in a way that was devoid of consequences, right? And certainly they thought they were, you know, maybe involving themselves in a revolution, but revolutions have consequences, and if you fail, right? Like again, you're, you're gonna you're gonna face you're gonna face the. uh you know, yeah, I don't don't know if it's been would have not been
3: but... shot if it was a, back in the revolution. <laughs>
2: yep, yep, for sure.
0: Uh, there was a, a budget amendment that has been proposed to uh, remove the femin- tax on feminine hygiene products.
2: It was, um, like that's such a no brainer. Like that's something that should have been done like a, such a long time ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's still sitting in committee. Now, to be fair. Uh, to be fair, most budget items sit in committee until right at the end, uh, and there's a lot of wheeling and dealing that goes on. And this absolutely is a budget item uh, because it adjusts uh, taxation. Um, so um, just something to keep in mind, uh, something to to watch for. Um, but yeah, that that should have been something. That's uh, HB 204. Um, this should have been something that, that just occurs across the board, and we should probably try to regulate uh, the pink tax that exists on everything else from a uh, capitalist perspective,
1: but that'll never happen.
2: Well, again, you're, you're handcuffing people, right? Like, what money that women are spending extra on, you know, feminine hygiene is money that they don't have to go out and spend on other goods and services. And this is something that if we manufactured stuff like that here, we could do it at a much cheaper and reasonable price, and be able to actually uh, support, you know, the proud, you know, patriotic women of our of you know, of our country that we need in order to survive, in order to churn along, in order to be a successful power player in the world. Right, and and then that way we free them up to actually spend on the economy to help boost the, the profits of entrepreneurs that are taking the risk and putting their capital in play in order to you know try to create jobs and like the the, the idea that we shouldn't be giving a hand up and helping people out is just it's simply absurd and you know I, I like to see these things where that they they make sense. It doesn't matter what political party you're part of. If you're a woman, it helps you, right? So it's it's, uh, it's nonpartisan. And I, I like th- anything that, that addresses like the human condition from like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something that has, you know, my seal of approval on it.
3: Do you guys know about the pollinator bill? The,
2: the pollinator
0: IVF? Bill? Are you talking about the IVF bill? Or is there what? a different one? What do you mean no. pollinator?
3: pollinator bill it's hb 224 i believe and it is a it's a three-year pilot program that would get more bee habitats back into the state Ooh. and it is currently in um hold on let me go to the screen it is currently in the second senate reading calendar so and that was as of today so hopefully oh, nice. <laughs> that well, that's one of my favorite bills since the uh License plate
0: didn't go far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also a, there's a bunch of changes being proposed to the cannabis uh, legislation, the medical cannabis stuff. Magically, uh, they figured out that people actually want medical cannabis, and that we don't have enough doctors to prescribe medical cannabis.
1: Even though the people voted for it two years ago, the, the
0: process for which they prescribe. I mean, basically, This is what's mm. this is what is so fucked to me about the whole medical cannabis thing. It's safer. It's, it's, it's a better choice for, especially for long-term pain yet to prescribe medical cannabis, you have to jump through a million fucking hoops in this state. If I want to prescribe an opioid, guess what I have to do? Not a fucking thing. Just be a physician. Just have an MD at the end of my goddamn name, and I can prescribe an opioid. Now, there's some checks in terms of, like, you're supposed to use the the opioid database to see if they've been prescribed before, but that's basically it. You don't really fucking get in trouble unless you're chronically abusing it and they catch you, uh, which does not happen all that often. Yet – Medical marijuana, which is nowhere near the the kind of devastating effect on society, you have to jump through a million fucking hoops, and you're treated like a goddamn pariah on your way to being able to prescribe that.
2: No, well, uh, and Dave Chappelle you know, was the one that said that. Ironically, the most dangerous thing about uh, marijuana in America is getting caught with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really fucked up. I mean, we still stick people in jail for having. Trivial amounts of marijuana on them in different states, and what's what's really crazy is I can go to the state of Nevada or Colorado and I can buy marijuana legally, recreationally. As soon as I cross the state line, it is now illegal for me to have in my possession and can land me in jail.
2: Well, and America is nothing but the world's largest penal colony, right? We're the land of the free with four to five percent of the world's population, and we have twenty-five percent of the of, of the world's prisoners. Right. Uh, We China's got four times our population and they've got uh, about 20 percent of uh, prisoners that we do. And so, again, where's the room for the land of the free, right? The land of the free that carves out an exception for slaves. Right. As long as you're prisoners and that. Well, that's convenient. That's interesting that uh, prisoners are also used as uh, labor. Oh, wait, they're also used as, like, wild – wait, wildfire, like, rescue in California that – oh, my gosh, dearest me, that Kamala Harris was in charge of, like, making people who were, like, nonviolent criminals risk their lives, like, going to fight, you know, for pennies a day, right, these wildfires and, like – Oh, but you know what, I'm a proud liberal, and liberalism is like, you know what I smile they smiled at me, they made me feel good, they made me feel good on the inside. You know, who cares if slaves are you know fighting wildfires, you know where's my diet coke where's my you know where where's my you know next episode of of you know Salt Lake housewives or and it's just it's just so sad, it's so sad that you know we we understand the idea and the philosophy behind loving somebody. Uh, built into like the shape of like Jesus. And then we carve out every exception of why Jesus wouldn't exactly why Jesus wouldn't actually want us to support you, right? He, he only cares about me, right? And you know, uh, um, you know, and what was it? Was it Serge Tankian that said that God speaks different in every language, right? And so, like, if God speaks different in every language, then could you say that God speaks different across every culture? right? Maybe even same language, but different culture, different, you know, different, you know, different ways of thinking, right? Is God going to be able to show me something that I can, that I can understand if it's outside of the, the framework of my understanding? So if it's within the framework of my understanding, it's implicitly tied to my own bias. And so I certainly love the idea of a God making somebody better. Um, but I'm more of a, a fan of a God of order, right? The idea that somebody breathed life into the cosmos, but the idea that, like, there's people starving in Yemen right now, you know, supported by a war that actually, I'm surprised that Joe Biden kind of uh, started pulling some support back from Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia. But then we're filled with people who think that like, you know, even though these people are starving and like, nobody really cares, you know, God will help me find my keys or like help my football team win, <laughs> or like help me find my sandwich. Cause I'm going to be late for uh, for work. Right. Um, and he it's, it's love
3: sandwiches too.
2: I know. Right. I bet he did. I bet he did. Right. He, he, gave, he gave bread. He talked about breaking bread, right. You don't break bread without shoving some ham down in there. Right. I mean, that's how you throw down uh, at a party. Um, and so, right there's 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 real moral questions that I think that are that are really being prompted. And I again, like it's it blows my mind that it's a Republican that's coming up with sound policy, which is actually why I'm no longer a Democrat. I, I've screamed at enough by Democrats telling me to no longer be a Democrat and to become a Republican. That seeing somebody like you know people like Sagar and Jetty and policy like what Senator Romney is proposing, I actually uh, I, I'm actually a Republican, uh, even though I've been a, a Democratic delegate for the last. Four years.
3: Congratulations,
2: Josh. Thanks. I know.
0: Well, and people like me that, uh, 100% party rated last election are going to have a little bit more difficult time I doing do that too. this year. Yep,
3: Cause that is also one. How far has that, has that made it?
0: Uh, it's going to pass. I, I, I don't think this is the interesting thing is if it passes, I think governor Cox said he would veto it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was a big fan of it. Um, it would be interesting to see how far that goes because the Supreme court's rulings on similar things, um, basically kind of say that you can fucking do it. Like you, the state really doesn't have the right to stop it. Uh, that people can vote how they want and register how they want. Um, I, I don't know that I'll ever switch my party affiliation back as long as I'm in the state of Utah, uh, right. just cause there's not usually much of a primary in the democratic side of the world. And, um, you know, the Republican side of the world just seems to always win here. So I just hope more people from California will, will, uh, We'll join Come our over. <laughs> Uh there's some, there's some other stuff as well uh, to pay attention to. One of the really big ones is House Bill 278, uh, which is the bill to change Dixie State University uh, and change their name finally from the racist uh, Dixie uh, moniker to something that's not quite so racist and inflammatory. Um if if anyone tells you it's named Dixie State for anything other than the fact that we were a southern state in the Civil War and it's named after Dixie, which is a very fucking racist thing, they're full of shit. It's 100% racist. And St. George is full of racist motherfuckers. Uh, ask my daughter <laughs> who spent some time in St. George and got assigned some really fucking racist roommates. Yeah. So.
2: Well, old white people in, in Utah in general, right? I don't when know. I was growing up, you know, I had These my grandpa. These were young that
0: white
1: would... college student
0: females. That oh, okay. we're so in I, the well, yeah. um,
1: talking. She was just starting college, and she got assigned to a dorm room where they hung up a Confederate flag and used the N word and said, "Don't say things around Chantel because she's a liberal and she'll call you out on it." Like.
2: There was a report from – I don't know. Maybe it was like 2015, uh, probably from like secular talk like Kyle Kalinske or something. But there was a a black farmer who uh, said that the most racist encounters he's ever had in his life are from liberal uh, like housewives that have coexist bumper stickers Um, and these white well-to-do that just immediately a black man (laughs) – (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: and it's just, it's so nuts. It is just it is crazy.
0: Uh, there's some uh, new state parks trying to get formed again. The uh, the Utah Raptor State Park uh, that failed last year uh, has unanimously passed committee uh, this year. That's uh, HB 257. And I think there's another park... Tied in it, uh, Lost Creek State Park. They want to reestablish uh, in uh, Morgan County, another state park. Um, you know that is one thing that the state of Utah does a pretty decent job of is is trying to preserve our public lands as as Utah public lands. Um, the you know federal lands though, we want to sell chunks of those off for oil rights. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's, there's a, a bunch of different stuff. There's also a bunch of anti-abortion bills up for consideration. Um, that's no different than most years, um, you know, uh, and most conservative states in this country this year are facing some of the same things. Um, there's bills up for uh, restricting the governor's power uh, during public health emergencies. Um, I think uh, the legislative body in general was pretty pissed about herbert's handling of uh of covid uh and uh not really happy with what powers cox has and i'm not entirely sure i disagree with them uh, i think that uh one person being able to make judgment calls like shutting down um businesses in a state for for Wasn't multiple that why you weeks
3: create a ta- like what's the point of a task like a task force like isn't that what was i mean they created one but Nothing happened. So well, that's
0: just it. Like if you create a task force, but it's still the governor's say. It's still one fucking person making that decision, and I think that's a I think that's a little crazy. I think that's the type of thing that you call a special session for, uh, and you say, but you know, our constitution in the state of Utah wouldn't allow a special session for something like that. I don't think, right. uh, but that's the kind of thing that you should call a special session for, uh, and 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 actually actively uh, actively try and make something, you know, better out of it. Um, and that, that actually, you know, that makes me, I guess maybe we'll stop talking about legislation in general, um, as we try to wrap up, but, but that really makes me think, um, you know, go, go back to our part-time legislative body. Um, and I think, you know, the COVID pandemic in particular, um, has really illustrated why, you know, especially with our, our growth, why the our our legislative body meeting you know once a year for a month and a half is probably not good enough anymore. Uh, I think it's it's probably close to time for us to start having a full time legislative body. Uh, Especially if we're going to double
2: in size in what twenty years.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think we're at a point where our growth is high enough. Our problems are 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 tough enough to solve. I mean, we're still trying to solve a tax revenue problem for the last three years. We called a special session and couldn't get it done. Um, and, and I think we're we're in a place where maybe that's something we need to start considering uh, in terms of a constitutional change is moving away from a part-time legislative body or uh, perhaps even adjusting it so we have, you know, maybe two-week quarterly sessions. So we have uh, two weeks every quarter uh, that we're in session. Uh, to so you have time down.
2: to address contemporaneous issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you get, you know, because I think one of the things that tends to happen uh, is as you go throughout the year, um, you know, whatever just happened in in at the end of the year uh, seems to be the most prevalent uh, and seems to have the most public backing. Um, There's a reason why clean air legislation always gets a lot of attention. uh, And that's because usually in most years, this year has been a very weird year in terms of weather. But in most years, in January is the worst air quality of, of the year for Utah. Right.
2: So they're going up to the Hill, going through, cutting through a, a, a cloud of of like a smog. Right. And so yeah, and it's
0: like, it's the, it's what's on the mind where, you know, you have a session in October. There's, there's not air problems in October. We have enough storms blowing through that. We don't really have a whole bunch of bad air. And um, you know, so people aren't as concerned about that and, and say, you know, Q4. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I just think there's there's probably some uh, something to be said there about potentially looking at doing more in the state legislative body because I think. Uh, part time's just not cutting it anymore. The, 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 you know, one session a year at the beginning of the year is just not just not well, enough, I don't think.
1: Then it turns into a Hail Mary, we've got to get it all done in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing that's really
0: crazy. Like, the last couple days of the session is a bunch of votes and a bunch of... Well, you don't, you don't
2: even get to vet the bills. It's the same way as, like, again, that the the largest upward transfer of wealth, right, that happened with the CARES Act, Well, it was also the same thing that's just pushed through, right? It's a 500-page bill that's considered, you know, over like forty five minutes. Oh, well, so we do the same thing here in Utah, right? It's and why, it's why just, they get
0: voted. Insane. A lot of those things get voted hardcore party line. Yep, of course. Because there's course. just not, there, there's just not, you know. And it's what gets shoved into those kind of bills. That's really crazy, mm-hmm. right? So you know, you have a five hundred page bill. You know, there's there's fucking amendments in there that that have stiff penalties for. Uh, the the CARES Act, for example, had a. Sti- uh, I don't know if it was the CARES Act. It was the second one, the second stimulus bill. Had a had a fucking penalty caked in for people that host uh, illegally streamed uh, videos. Like a huge yeah. penalty. Like yeah. how is that a fucking caked into yeah. uh, a relief package that's right. supposed to be a, a payment right. to? Right. I, know you, I
2: know you peasants are starving, but don't you dare torrent don't you dare well,
0: that's, that's how that stuff gets passed without people looking at it
2: is right. those
0: kinds of deals are made at the national level and that kind of stuff happens at the state level it's not as pervasive uh, but it certainly it certainly does happen um, so but it, the whole point of of that conversation is really, you know, be informed, go check out what's what's available. You know, you could just do even a search and you could find a whole bunch of stuff. You know, most of the uh, most of the the media outlets around the Valley, uh, around the Wasatch Front have stories on various uh, legislation. Um, you know, talk to your your local rep, your your local state senator, your local state representative. Um, all of them have office hours, all of them uh, you know, generally they'll take phone calls. They're usually available. Um, you know,
2: if, If if you go to the the Hill during, uh, during session too, you can write a little note and you can uh, give it to the doorman. They'll go take it to your representative and they'll come talk to you about the bill that you want them to support or not. And so, yeah, usually they're, they're quite responsive and I'd highly encourage people to go up.
3: Uh, go ahead, Jess. Oh, I was just going to say, I know that we always talk about the, like the legislative website, but another good local resource is also uh, betterutah.org. They have a complete bill tracker that you can type in, like the subject area, you can type in the status, you can type in the bill sponsor, and it will give you the status, it'll give you what it's about. Like a subject area would be like equal rights, strong communities, um, like it'll give a brief bill description. Um, it's a super, super awesome website. And hopefully we will have one of the representatives on next week for Alliance for better Utah. So
0: great. That'd be, that'd be, uh, that's, that's fantastic. So, uh, you know, um, I don't think I'll ask Josh, uh, what the most interesting <laughs> thing about Utah is he's been on the show a few times. <laughs> so, um, I, I am curious, Josh. Why do you Why do you choose to live here? Because you've, you've been around the country. You've you've been to a lot of places. You're pretty um, active in, in different things. Why do you choose to live in Utah?
2: Um, you know, uh, I think part of it was. Uh, grown up here, right? I saw my mom, a struggling working class person. She got a job at the University of Utah, didn't have a formal education, still through grit, got a job there and just, you know, rose up to, you know, a, you know, directorial position and even exec, uh, executive assistant position. And so, you know, I think that as a kid, there was a lot of subliminal messaging there, like this is where success is. And so I think I was drawn back there. And here I am working at the University of Utah, working research, you know, Working with kids, working outpatient data. So I think part of that is like I'm trying to like help where I can. Um, I'm a big fan of Killer Mike. Um, and killer Mike said that said something that really re- uh, resonated with me and said that um, you know a big problem with America is that people are always looking to get out right if you don 't like where you live, well then when you become successful, if you become successful, uh, buy real estate at your hometown so you can actually start owning stuff and making decisions in order to help uh, ameliorate things right because if we live in a country full of people where like they feel like freedom just means that they're free of the consequences and they can just act however they want. Um, well then we'll, we'll, you know, find ourselves in some pretty terrible places, right? You will have sincere people who are duped, whether it be by lying, right? Um, say through, uh, like Trump, uh, with saying that, you know, basically his feelings are hurt, and that this is a stolen election. So you have people who legitimately thought that, you know, hey, I'm starving, but maybe I can actually help and do something, and let me go part, be part of this revolution. And so there's certainly going to be there's people who that idea resounds with. Um, and I think here in Utah, like I have the ability to help. Um, it's certainly been difficult this year, right? I, I apparently moved above above a madman. Um, I've had a lot of legal, uh, just the police coming over to my house, and this guy's like been violent with me since like the day I moved in. It's just, it's clearly insane. It's, it's an acute representation of, of again, just what happens when you think that like freedom means that I can infringe all over your rights, but you don't get to talk to me. Like if, if you want to infringe on mine, no, get the hell out of my face because I have freedom, you don't. Um, and we have a lot of that bravado and machismo, and it's, it's disgusting. Um, and so I, if I have the ability to help um, a desperate people who uh, now FDR is almost poisonous to even think of, whose you know, historical precedence is to support FDR, you know maybe I can actually package my history even though I didn't get welcomed in Utah as a kid um, and aren't particularly welcome now, especially not in the Democratic Party. Um, but, um, you know, maybe I can actually help people and bring things to light, uh, bring up conversations, bring up ideas that other people just are too afraid to talk about. And uh, that's kind of what draws me to Utah is that there's, there's desperate people who really have the heart to do good and have done good. As I had talked about with when I was a two year old, my house burned down. And so I'd like to be able to give back to a community and, and help, you know, again, maybe be that Paul Revere to talk about like, Hey, you know, we really are in a, a desperate, bizarro world, right? Put on these glasses and don't suplex me.
0: Right. But. Yeah, you know, uh I guess that's uh that's that's where we're gonna end the show tonight. Um we're gonna we're gonna be trying some new format changes uh as as we go here into uh year number five. That's a lot of a lot of yeah, shows. That's
2: so awesome. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> like for real, a lot, that's of, rad. lot
0: of shows. So it
2: is. That's a um, lot of commitment too. That's hard.
0: Every week. We haven't missed yeah. an episode yet. So and uh we've done a bunch of special episodes with, with folks. Um, you know, I I do want to take a moment to uh, to thank Folk Hogan again. Um, you know, they're you know those guys' the music is their life; it's their livelihood for for most of them. Support and, them uh, if you can. Go yeah, buy absolutely. Stuff. Go to their website, buy their merch, buy their music directly from them. Um, you know, none of none of those guys are are able to perform right now, so uh, we we just want to thank them and and give them a shout out. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure you're, you're trying to shop locally. Um, you know, let's, we don't say that enough. I know we say it a lot, but I still don't feel like it's enough. I agree. Um, it's, a, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, it makes a huge impact, you know, spending, spending an extra 50 cents, uh, at a, a local merchant as opposed to. <laughs> uh going to Walmart or Target uh has a huge huge impact on the local economy. Uh that mo- that money goes right back into the local economy. Um so I would in- encourage you to do that. If you if you like what you're here, um or if you don't, I don't really care. Uh share. <laughs> right. Share the episode. That's what helps us the most. Um, tell people about us. Um you know, we're we're uh we're always around uh doing nice stuff. Um, so share it. Uh, you can follow us out on social media at TNU Podcast and uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our website, thenewutah.com, features writing from all of us uh, in various weeks um, and a lot of writing from Jess from the first four and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's actually a really good resource, especially if you're trying to find something to do. There's a lot of COVID-friendly things to do. Um, and, you know, just try to be safe. And, uh, I think that's it. I don't And
2: know. the force be with you.